Well, thank you for joining me. It's uh, it's great to be here today. I want to thank Ed Morrissey for sitting in the other day and uh, leading us. We're going to be live today. If you want to pray the chaplet, I'll give you the number. It's 888-914-9149. I try to take the first at least five calls, and sometimes we try to stick a few extras in. Uh, if you are in need of prayer, I'd love to intercede for you. I'd love you to join me in prayer and, and our spiritual family here. So many people across the country now praying. Um, a couple intentions that came in today. Um, person was asking me to, to keep uh, Scott Christensen in your prayers. He's a good family man with children, and for the past two years, he's fought throat cancer and is is now diagnosed with prostate cancer, and uh, he's scared. So we will uh, certainly lift him up. Um, also, I would uh, like to pray for one of my colleagues here, his brother-in-law. And um, I got a phone call from him, and he said to me earlier today, he says, Drew, I believe so much in the power of the chaplain. I, I believe in the power of that prayer. Could you please pray for my brother-in-law, who right now is on his deathbed in Omaha? And he says, you know, you always say God can do anything, so... Really want to pray for him. This man battled addiction um, and kind of drank himself almost to death. Um, so not only do we need to pray for him at the hour of death, this might be the time that God calls him home. He might be at the end of his journey, right? And if that's the case, and the most important thing is that he's right with God. He's ready to make that transition. But if it's God's will and for his greater glory that this man will be miraculously healed and recover then praise God. I want to lift that up, okay? You know, like, I, I know you are prayer warriors. I know we pray together every single day here, and I'm so grateful for that. Can I just throw one other thing out to you? Now, remember, and I'll talk about this. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit later. I, I remember talking to a nun, and she was um, she, she came into a couple whose child was dying. They were in a really bad way, and... Um, they took this child. They believed in the power of, of God's healing. They, they, they believed it. So they took their daughter who was dying um, to every Marian shrine they could think of. You know, they went to Fatima. They went to Medjugorje. They went to Lourdes where there were more documented healings than anything else, right? They went to all these places where there were reports of visions or there were healing springs, and yet their daughter did not do better. Their daughter was, was dying. And sister said to them, she says, You've prayed, and that's good. But have you tried fasting? Have you tried fasting? See, certain intractable problems can only be overcome. They can only be removed. They can only be vanquished by prayer and fasting. Christ said that about certain demonic possession, right? Certain demons can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. Yeah, I, 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 I think if you have an issue, you're really praying for the conversion of your loved one, the freedom from addiction, that blessing that you're looking for financially, that new spouse, whatever it is. There, there's something that amplifies the power of our prayer like nothing else, and that is fasting. From a spiritual, it's good for you physiologically, no doubt about that. But I'm telling you, spiritually, it is a secret. It's part of that spiritual dynamic that is overlooked and never employed. Uh, and, and look, I'm just as guilty. I struggle with fasting. It used to be so easy for me. It's hard now. Should I do more? Yes, because fasting, with prayer and fasting, you can move mountains, right? You can, you'll see miracles. I'm telling you, you'll, you'll see it. And, and I, I want to put on your radar something before we pray the chapel, and I think it's important. Uh, right now, you know, Relevant is, is, is inviting you to fast. 
you know, in solidarity with the March for Life, which is coming up. And I, I think our country deserves God's justice. I really do. I, I really, I, I believe that this country should be brought to its knees because of the sins of of abortion, because of what we are doing with human sexuality, what we are doing with marriage, our complete and total rejection of God. And what a testimony to God's great mercy, right? He looks at us as a parent, his loving children, right? He's holding back his hand. He told St. Faustina, you know, that, that the cup is filling, that he's holding back his hand. Before he comes as a just judge, he first comes as a merciful Savior. This is our time. This is the time of mercy. So what can assuage the great sin of the world? What can vanquish this dark and demonic spirit? Fasting. So I, I want to encourage you to do two things. Okay, one. Go to relevantradio.com forward slash fast. You can do it now. You can do it when we're done praying. Relevantradio.com forward slash fast. Okay. And and you can download a, a beautiful little ebook that we have there. This year, Relevant Radio and Solidarity HealthShare combined to make this offer. And I want to thank Solidarity for their generosity in, in doing that. Um, they're offering uh, this beautiful book called The Choice is Love. It's about 11 or 12 pages. Read it and then give it to somebody else or ask somebody else to go to the website and download it. And then we're also inviting you to go to Twitter, right? And use the hashtag fast for life. Hashtag fast for life. Tell us what you're doing. You know, tell us how you are fasting for the cause of life. Maybe you're giving up food. Maybe you're giving up TV. You know, maybe you're getting up an hour earlier. I talked a little bit about it earlier. There's lots of little things we can do to fast. And if you can't fast from food, there's other things we can fast from. Gossiping, right? Maybe you like to smoke, you know. Uh, maybe you love dessert, you know. Maybe you're addicted to sugar. I mean, I don't know. Lots of small things we can do to fast. Maybe in traffic, you know, uh, let somebody else in in front of you right now right? rather than zooming up so they don't get in. I mean, sacrifice your time. So prayer and fasting work miracles. Let's pray right now, okay? Because I, I, I know God hears our prayers, and uh, I would encourage you again, relevantradio.com forward slash fast take advantage of that free ebook but um let's pray all right let's pray let's pray 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 for me that i have the greater grace to fast because you know i tell you it used to be so easy for me and i've seen the power of it but I, I guess there's a grace in the struggle i think that's where the real power lies so if you struggle like me know that as you carry that particular cross as you struggle through that Boy, that prayer is being amplified. Hey, in the studio with me today, Nick, my colleague here at Relevant, and I'm grateful for him praying with me today. Nick, before we kick it off, anything you want to pray for? Yes, Drew, thank you. I, I would love to pray for, and I've prayed for it before, for all those who are cold during um, during the winter months, and as well as all those who are alone or, or suffering from loneliness. All right, love that. What a generous prayer. And I want to pray for you, Nick. So let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. All right. Our first call comes from Susie. She's praying in Chicago. Hi, Susie. Good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Um, thanks so much for taking my call. Just a couple of, of quick things. My daughter is going to be going to the March of Life uh, yeah. tomorrow with her school. So that's I would great. just love some prayers for her and, you know, the class that's going. Um, and then the second thing, I just have a quick question. You're talking about fasting. And, um, you know, I guess sometimes I wonder if not just that our prayers enough, but should we be praying for whatever answer he gives us? You know, just pray for peace versus answer my prayer. Yeah, I, I, look, way I always pray, Susie, and it's a great question. Um, I always pray for God's will to be done. You know, I want my prayers answered the way I want my prayers answered. But that's not always God's plan. That's not always part of his big picture. And I was praying hard. I was fasting hard. I was doing novenas big time when I had my, my production company. And I loved what I was doing, and I felt I was doing God's work, and that's where I wanted to be. And, and the harder I prayed, the, the more cemented the door seemed to be. Um, when I finally got to my knees, I said, all right, God, your will, not mine. I'm praying for this, but your will, not mine. If, if this is all you want me to do, or if you got something else, I'm open to it. The door flew open, and it led me down this path to where I am today with you. I mean, God sometimes says, no, that's not my plan for you. Sometimes God says, wait. Sometimes God answers right away. But I think our prayer should always first be your will, Lord, whatever your will is, and then, you know, the grace to, to either carry the cross or see the fruit of our prayer. That's, I think it's a great way to approach prayer, Susie. Let's pray for your daughter going to the march. Let's pray for the cause of life in this country. Let's ask for God's mercy against the great sin of abortion and the rejection of life on so many levels. And I want to pray for the deepest of healing for any woman who made that mistake, any man that was involved, any practitioner in the practice. And Lord, I just ask for your mercy, your precious blood to cover this nation and protect us from degeneration, disaster, disease, war, that your mercy will prevail. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, we'll go to Missouri next. Carol is praying with us there. Good afternoon, Carol. 
Hi, thank you so much, Drew, for taking my call. You're welcome. I'd like to ask for prayers, please, for my daughter and some of her friends. They're caught up in this whole gender dysphoria, transgender crisis going on. And for the counselors that we've talked to, because they're all encouraging it, it's very hard to find a counselor that will stand behind the parents and their beliefs. Yeah. Well, my heart goes out to you. My prayers especially will go out right now. And... Um, sure you're not alone. I'm sure a lot of other parents are struggling and dealing with the same same situation. But I want to pray for your daughter. I want to pray for her friends. I want to pray for anyone who is caught up in the great confusion, this gender dysphoria. I've never seen anything like it. I almost feel like there's a demonic spirit behind it, this mass, mass confusion. And I pray for the healing, for those who really have a psychological problem, for those who need direction, for those who are victims of abuse, for whatever the reason for this disorientation may be. And I want to pray for anyone who is struggling with their purity, who is dealing with impurity or illicit relationships or, or, or ways that are not proper according to God's plan. So Lord, I ask you to enter in to that. You know, uh, gosh, Carol, I'll, I'll pray for you. You know, I, th- I think the Lord, he told St. Faustina that, you know, we just need to trust in him each and every day, no matter how difficult our circumstances and, and that he's there to support us. And I, when it comes to our kids, boy, it's hard. I mean, it is really, really hard, but really lean on the Lord in this situation. Continue to pray fast for your daughter and for those, and you'll see the fruit of it. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I really ask that you hear this mother's prayer, and I pray for all those that I have just voiced that struggle in these areas, Lord. Fill our hearts with purity. Lord, give us a proper orientation when it comes to our nature and how you created us. We implore your mercy as we pray, eternal Father. We offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right. Our next call comes from uh, New Jersey. Marisa, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Drew. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have three three petitions. Um, first, my my daughter, like we just heard from the caller prior, um, she's caught up in you know all of this you know equity, inclusion, and the gender dysmorphia, all of that stuff. Um, and she's so far from the path of the Lord. This is a young lady who used to come to mass with me every day. Yeah. every single day and now she's completely rejected our lord um doesn't go to mass doesn't want to hear me talk about you know the the evils of abortion um you know she doesn't know but her father and i are going to go to the march for life on on um, friday God and um just I, I i just hope i'm not going to even tell her i'm going to have her father tell her and um i hope she's going to you know realize that she could be proud of her parents instead of embarrassed of us. So that's petition one. And number two, I lost my aunt 
um, and my sister-in-law during the, the Christmas week. My sister-in-law is 64 years old and she died suddenly on Christmas Eve and my aunt died three days later. Um, yeah, and my aunt was a um, Carmelite. She, she was really, you know, close to our Lord, but suffered from dementia. And I have my 88-year-old mom who's going to come live with us, so that's a blessing. She finally decided that she wants to, to be with us. So um, I just want to uh, ask for prayers for a smooth transition. She's... Um, She's old and she's frail, but she's got a mind, her mind, and she's yeah. so close to the Lord. So right. thank you. Thank you. you. Mercy, you got it. I am glad you got through. I'm very grateful for your prayer. Let's pray for all that. Pray for, look, as a parent, just keep praying for your children. That's all I have to say. I mean, I say this to my wife all the time, and I've said this to you probably a million times. We've parents, we've given them the best examples we can. You know, we educated them. We've shown them our own personal example. You've taken the church. You prayed the rosary. You've taken them a confession. You prayed with them. When they become young adults, there's nothing more you can do than pray for them and just trust in the mercy of God. So I'm going to do that. I want to pray for all those, as you also pointed out, who are approaching death and who have died. And Lord, I just give you these intentions from this mother. I unite her prayers to all who are now praying with me as we pray. Eternal Father. We offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, let's go to Twitter next. Maggie, of course, always monitors our Twitter page, at Drew Mariani Show. You'll put your petitions there or stay in touch with us. We'd love to communicate with you. It's a great opportunity if you can't get through on the phones to maybe get an intention through. And Maggie, what's coming in? We've got a couple in-house requests first, Drew. Um, Diana wrote to me earlier today. She said, my brother Armando is undergoing surgery this afternoon to amputate several toes due to uncontrolled diabetes she said we're praying that they won't have to take his right foot he's 50 years old and suffers from mental illness which led him to delay treatment um, until now so let's Mm -hmm. let's lift up diana's family and then uh, i also wanted to lift up uh, eliu and his family he he also told me um that, that he'd like prayers for all of those who suffer with mental illness anxiety, depression, OCD, autism, Asperger's. The consequences of these can be, you know, loneliness, unemployment, lack of friends, uh, and social skills. He, he has people in his family with all of these issues, and he says it's hard to, to see them fight with those issues and keep going. Uh, it's not an easy path. He also wanted some prayers for his niece, Maria, in Bogota. She's only six months old and was recently... Um, she was born with Down syndrome, um, yeah. so um, she's in the hospital, I guess, right now with pneumonia. So lots of prayers in-house. Uh, but as far as Twitter goes, I want to lift up Ramona. She's asking for healing for friends with cancer and illness, and also for a friend that turned away from the church recently and is very bitter about it. 
Um, and Araceli asked for prayers of healing for their whole family. They're all sick with different things right now. And uh, she also said, for the whole world to increase in faith, hmm. love, love and hope. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Maggie. Let's lift up all those intentions. So many, so serious, so important. And well, let's add Andrew uh, to the intentions yeah. as well. He's praying with us in California. Hi, Andrew. Hello, Drew. Thank you very much for this program. Thank you for the book on uh, Divine Mercy. I devoured that book when it came. Oh, Today I have God. a prayer intention for my mother, Evangelina. She's 93 years old. She recently suffered a fall at home and broke both of her shoulders and had to go double shoulder replacement surgery about two weeks ago. Um, she has a diabetic infection on her toe, and now she's home in hospice care and may possibly end her final hours. It's been a week we've been at her bedside, and I've been praying. I asked the Lord to please take her to heaven. She's been anointed and received her last sacrament, her, her final Eucharist, and I was able to help arrange those sacraments for her. And I'd love the Lord to take her to heaven now, but I know, Lord, I know not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Also, at the same time, the evil one is trying to enter through the floorboards of this house. My brothers are on top of me. I'm a I'm a sober alcoholic today, yeah. and uh, it's difficult, hard. Uh, they yeah. can't stand to see me praying the rosary constantly at her foot. So I'm in the other wow. room, and I ask you to pray for my mother, to pray for me and yeah. my brothers and our whole family. Andrew, my heart goes out to you. You keep praying that rosary, all right? Even if you're not in the same room, it doesn't matter. You know the power of prayer. You know it pierces the walls. It's there's no there's no borders with prayer. I, my heart goes out to you because I know you, you know love your mother very much. That was one of the hardest thing I've ever encountered is, is losing a mother. I was very close to my mother's. I'm assuming you are, uh, Lord. This is a prayer you've given us for the sick and dying. You told St. Faustina, at the hour of death, I defend as my own glory every soul who will say the chaplet or when others say it for the dying person. The pardon's the same. I stand on that promise now. I pray for, for, for Andrew, for his family. I pray for protection. And I pray for all those who you are calling home, all those who've gone before us. And I pray for the hour of our own death. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, we'll go to Los Banos, California next. Stephanie's praying with us there. Hi, Stephanie. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Today, my intention is for my newborn daughter. Um, she's going to be 10 days tomorrow. Um, I just pray that she grows to be healthy and strong. Um, you know, it's kind of hard right now in the middle of a pandemic. You know, you get all these doubts mm-hmm. and everybody's sick and you know, and I just pray that the Lord um, helps us through this time and um, gives me also trust to know that He has everything under control, um, that everything's going to be fine. All right, well, look, let's pray for that beautiful little baby of yours, 10 days. Wow, 
What a gift. And we'll pray that uh, the Lord's mercy, his rays will envelop her, protect her, give her health and illuminate and guide her path into the future. I know God has a great mission for her, Stephanie, and I just want you to be at peace. As fear arises, I, I want you to dispel that. And this goes for anyone. Um, you got to put our trust in the Lord. We have to do that. You know, there's nothing more beneficial than to say, Lord, I trust in you. He's not going to give you any cross or any situation uh, that you cannot handle. And he's with you. He is with you. So, Lord, I pray for a lack of trust, anxiety, fear, where it enters in. Lord, I, I give you the intentions of everyone who has written to me, everyone who's tweeted at us. And for Teresa and Kathy and Melissa and Patty and Andrew and Anna and Martin and Carol and Eleanor and Jacinta and everyone that's on hold with me now, especially those united with me in prayer, I give you their hearts. I just ask that your will be done in our lives, but I also, Lord, ask for your mercy to prevail, let miracles take place. And we pray, eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Help, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Peregrine, pray for us. Saint Jose Maria Escriva, pray for us. St. Patrick, pray for us. All you angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for praying with me. You know, I, I want to pray for mental illness, too. And I want to pray for those um, who are trying to discern. In fact, when I come back, we're going to speak to an expert on how you discern you know, whether Satan is tormenting the mind, whether the anxiety, the depression, the obsessions, the compulsions are, are psychological or whether they're spiritual. We'll dive into that mystery when I return. Tweet us your prayer intention anytime on Twitter at Drew Mariani Show. 
Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. The devil's job, he got one mission, is to make you think you ain't going to make it. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. I love that Maggie Rake little clip there. It's so true. That is just so true. Good afternoon. It's good to be. It's good to be here with you today. Uh, gosh, so much to talk about. I, I, I want to dive into an issue that I think deserves some discernment. And of course, if you are struggling in any way with a mental or emotional challenge, there is help out there. I would always suggest. You go down that pathway of the natural, you know, seeking out a good psychiatrist or psychologist or a physician to get the help that you need. But I also want to look at the spiritual side of this. And, and I was thinking about this. I, Dr. Aaron Curiati, who's a good friend of the show, has been on many times. And I remember speaking to him about a book called, oh gosh, I'm going to try to remember the name of it. I think it was called True or False Possession, How to Distinguish the Demonic from the Demented. You know, a friend of mine's an exorcist. I often talk about him, and quite often before an exorcism takes place, the the possessed or the person having the issue, the problem, they have to go and 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 be evaluated by a psychiatrist to see whether it is of of natural origin. And if it's not, then of course the church steps in, and we have to always be very careful. I, I'm, I'm always hesitant about you know make sure you don't see you know, the devil behind every. Every corner, behind every door, under every rock, right? But I do think we need discernment because I think one of the great deceptions of our day is that the Satan doesn't exist, that he is not driving some of the problems that might be challenging you. About 34 years ago, Pope John Paul the Great, he beatified a Spanish Carmelite. And I was always struck by this particular Carmelite. His name was Francisco Paolo. And Father Francisco, he lived in the, I think it was the 19th century, he lived in Spain. And he was caught up in that turmoil. Imagine that day. It was the, that was the Napoleonic era, right? So he was actually uh, exiled uh, a few times. And, and when he returned to Spain, he wasn't allowed to live with his brothers, but he preached the gospel. You know, wherever he went, he, he, he did harsh penances. He, he lived as a hermit, but he also had a ministry as an exorcist, right? And towards the very end of his life, uh, he ended up building a hospital for the mentally ill. And this is, of course, uh, you know, there's a difference between mental illness and having demonic possession or being possessed, and we'll, we'll get into that. But as part of his discernment, whenever patients came, Father Francisco, he'd perform the rite of exorcism on them. If they were cured, then there were many, and by the way, there were many, many who were, then they left the hospital. If not, they stayed. It doesn't quite work that way today. Today, there's a different discernment process. It favors the presumption that the person who is asking for the exorcism probably has some kind of mental challenge or illness. So the process now is check for the mental illness first, and then when the possibility is eliminated, determine if the person is actually suffering from some kind of demonic influence. And how that's determined is probably, I think, more of an art than a science, but science can certainly and does help. I remember a priest when I was a very young man. I went to El Paso, Texas. There was a priest named Father Bruce. Oh gosh, Bruce Tom. No, no, Father uh, Father Rick Thomas was his name. 
And um, he had a farm. We grew food um, and took the food across the border to the slums of, of Juarez and, and fed the homeless there. It was there that I saw food multiply, right? But this priest had such a profound prayer life. He'd go into the local prisons where there was violence and division and anger. And quite often he would um, bless these prisoners. You know, he, 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 of course, with their permission, he'd come in. There was a radical transformation in the places that he went because some of the things that they had dealt with were of a spiritual particular nature. Um, and I've always thought about that. And again, I always want to be very balanced. You know, God's given us an intellect. He's given us medicine. And we have to, I think, use the natural. Uh, and God can use the natural in a supernatural way, too. I'm joined today to talk about this. We'll take your calls, too, if you want to join us anytime. You're welcome. Feel free to pull up a chair with your question or comment. It's triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. I'm joined by Dr. Richard Gallagher. He's a board-certified psychiatrist and a professor of psychiatry at New York Medical College and Columbia University, also the director of the psychological services at the New York Archdiocesan Seminary, St. Joseph's. And uh, he helps discern psychological issues from possession, so there's nobody better here to take a look at this than Dr. Gallagher. Doctor, thank you for your time. I know how precious it is, and it's, it's good to have you with us. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. So, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Blessed Francisco Paolo. I mean, he handled um, this distinction between mental illness and demonic possession almost in a primitive way. Uh, but then again, today, I think we don't look for the spiritual in some of the problems that seem to be plaguing a, a lot of uh, of people. Uh, take us through this. I mean, how does it work right now in your practice, and how important is it to also recognize that there might be something other than a chemical imbalance or some trauma that might motivate, you know, this this dysfunction. Well, this kind of comment surprises people, but you know, I've been a very experienced clinical psychiatrist. I've probably seen about twenty five thousand patients in my life. Wow. You know, and people ask me, well, how many of those patients were possessed? And the answer is zero. Now, I say that. Wow. Not because I haven't seen a lot of possessed individuals, I have, but usually something is going on with them that they've been referred to me, often by clergy and of different religions. And so there's already some suspicion that there's something in the nature of an extraordinary attack. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to be able to discern. You have to be able to discern what are extraordinary attacks of the of of uh, the evil spirits versus you know sort of some of the common psychiatric conditions that are sometimes uh, misascribed to demonic influence so what are the steps that are taken today to figure that out how do you discern the two well look it, it differs in different cultures as as you as you've given some examples i mean some people and some priests, and many priests who are involved in this ministry are quite astute themselves in being able to figure it out. I always say to people, look, if somebody is uh, levitating or, you know, speaking perfect Latin or, you know, knows all kinds of hidden facts about uh, the background of people that they would have no other way of knowing except through an evil spirit manifesting itself, you know, then it becomes fairly obvious. I mean... I never speak for the church, but, you know, the priests who send me uh, cases or some people who come to me on their own, um, you know, they often suspect something is kind of not out of the ordinary and that this may not be a mental illness. Sometimes they're wrong, 
But in order to discern, which, you know, I generally try to help some priests do, um, you know, you have to you have to see something kind of extraordinary in the in, in, in the phenomenology. But you also often have to see something in the context. So you're taking a totality of evidence, Mr. Mariani, and you're you're making ultimately a judgment. Is this, you know, schizophrenia or personality disorder or somebody hysterical and suggestible? Or are these factors that, you know, lead a sensible person to say, not just you know, someone experienced like myself, but a, a sensible person to say, wait a minute, this is, this, this goes beyond just a, a mental disorder. Sometimes it's tricky. Sometimes it's, it's obvious. Yeah, that's for sure. My guest today, Dr. Richard Gallagher, if you want to join us, the number here, 888 Dr. Lydia has, I think, an important question for you. Lydia in Chicago. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Um, you know, I, I've known a number of people who have struggled all their lives from very early childhood, as long as they can remember, with issues of gender identity and sexual orientation. And I would like to know, um, you know, if you uh, believe that there could be some demonic uh, influence or demonic possession that affects uh, these people, because it's not their fault that they're like that. You know, they just have mm-hmm. the experience of themselves. Clearly, it's it's better to be heterosexual and to be able to relate to somebody of the opposite sex and have a family and children, right. you know, who are your own children with that person. But some people, they are just that way, and they were right. that way since very early childhood. And yeah. I wonder if, I, you know, that's a question. Okay? Yeah, no, Lydia, I'm grateful for your call, and I, I recognize your voice. I think you've called in the past, um, and this is an area that you personally right. struggle in, Correct. Uh, hope I'm not that's calling my own you out. personal business, okay. and I would like to keep it personal. Okay. Uh, I, I don't mean know, any it's disrespect. A, it's a lot of people. No, no, I, I agree. I, I totally get it. I, I mean no no disrespect. I remember we had a conversation about an issue similar to this in, in the past. Let me let Dr. Gallagher respond to you to that. That does demonic possession, she asks, contribute to gender identity issues or dysphoria? Well... Uh, it's a pretty sensitive and, and complicated issue, so it's very hard, uh, Drew, to, you know, summarize it in a few sentences. You know, th- there is a multiplicity of factors involved. Uh, I'm a person who believes that, um, you know, the demonic can influence certain conditions, including, you know, sexual confusion, for instance, in in possible ways, but you you have to be extremely cautious about saying, you know, demons are causing some, you know, issue like that. So uh, you'd have to take each case individually. I'm very loath to overgeneralize here. I certainly don't think, you know, that, let's say, transgender people are demonically possessed or something. Doctor, what about pornography? What kind of influence well, does that again, have again, 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 Drew, you, 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 you're dealing with a distinction between, you know, what we call ordinary attacks yeah. of demons versus extraordinary attacks. You yeah, know, we started true. off that's talking true. about possession. Right. Somebody who's addicted, and it can be a kind of addiction, and it's, to me, a very unhealthy addiction. Mm-hmm. People can be addicted 
to pornography. Now, how much of that has to do with our fallen human nature, or how mm-hmm. much of that has to do with some level of demonic influence? I would venture to say that even orthodox moral theologians wouldn't always, you know, see a unanimity of opinion there. But it's it's certainly spiritually unhealthy as well as I think sort of usually psychologically unhealthy. Yeah. All right. I, let me, I've got to take a short pause here, doctor. When we come back, we'll take a few more calls. My guest today, Dr. Richard Gallagher, and we're taking a look at mental illness, uh, the possible origins of it, what role perhaps demonic influence may have. If you want to join us, I haven't probably another 10 minutes. So if you want to get in, here's the number, your opportunity to get your questions answered and Address those issues you might be challenged with. Uh, the number is 888 If you know somebody struggling with anxiety, depression, or suicide, stay tuned. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Your life connected. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, thanks for joining us today. If you are just tuning in or taking a look at perhaps the spiritual origins, the dark spiritual origins of some, uh, well, some behavior, whether it is maybe suicidal ideation, whether it is excessive depression, could anxiety be part of this? You know, I, I just go back to scripture and I think that, uh, you know, Christ often cast out evil spirits. And he cast him out first before he healed. You know, the word demon appears more than 70 times in the New Testament in association with healing. I, I was always struck by that. So it raises questions. You know, we're seeing a spike in anxiety levels amongst the youth. We're seeing a spike in depression. We're seeing a radical increase in, in suicide. Can some of this, and I want to be careful about how I approach this because there's very natural and logical explanations for a lot of this. But can some of this be driven possibly by, uh, by, by the spiritual? You know, Satan is an opportunist. He exploits human weaknesses, right? And, and, and he loves to exaggerate, you know, uh, sometimes some of our proclivities and problems. Uh, you got to remember, too, you know, when it, when it comes to this, that um, today we live in a time where there's a lot of sinful practice. You know, marriage has been attacked. People are cohabitating, fornicating. Occult practices have become mainstream. There's a lot of portals, a lot of doors that could open us up to to greater spiritual infestation. And I've invited today uh, Dr. Richard Gallagher to stop by to give us perspective. This is his area of expertise, and uh, he has handled tens of thousands of cases he has and it's great to have him very credentialed director of psychological services at new york uh archdiocesan seminary but a board certified psychiatrist professor of psychiatry at new york medical college and columbia university and doctor it's good to have you with me today i i want to jump to matt and then i want to jump to some of the other points i just brought up matt has got a good question because it's something my producer asked me during the break so let me get him he's listening in eugene oregon hey uh, matt good afternoon it's good to have you with us Hey, uh, yes, I just um, was curious about a comment. He said out of the 25,000, he's never seen one yeah. case. I was just wondering what that meant. Is it 
is it therefore not happened at all or it just hasn't in his experience or what what do you mean by that exactly it's such a great question my producer maggie asked me the same question Twenty five thousand cases and he hasn't seen anything doctor how do you address that no no what i what i meant is in the normal course of my work day you know i don't have a patient coming in say who's depressed and do i say to them oh well you're possessed uh, that's as opposed to people who are not my patient who who come to me separately. But these are not patients of mine. That's what I mean by that. I have seen many, many cases of possession, and I've seen many, many cases of what they call oppression. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to leave the impression that those things don't exist. I'm saying that a lot of times... You know, people can also assume that, oh, well, anybody who has emotional problems or anybody who has mental illness or schizophrenia, they must be attacked by the devil. That's what I was drawing the distinction from. Not that these cases don't exist. Of course they they exist. I wrote a book about a demonic pose about uh, quite a few cases that I've seen, but these are not patients of mine to draw that distinction. Doctor, were you, were you the uh, psychiatrist who told me this story, or maybe it was Dr. Curiati, how you were discerning um, a patient who, uh, to see whether or not there was a demonic spirit involved or whether or not it was psychological behind it. And uh, the doctor went home that night, and when he was sleeping, he had two cats. These two cats attacked each other ferociously. They were, they just they got bloodied they were so they attacked each other so violently and the next day when the patient came in to be evaluated by the psychiatrist uh the person who had this spirit in him says did you like the show we put on for you last night referring to his cats um was that you who told me that was that dr curiati yeah that was my story the one correction i'd say again is that this is you keep calling these people patients of mine. They're not; okay. these are not right. patients. This is a Satanist woman who had one of the most dramatic possessions yeah, that story. Uh, I've, I've, I've ever seen. Well, you know, I hadn't actually met her yet, and the priest brought her to my house uh, a morning after. Uh, I'd never met her, but a morning after, in the middle of the night, these cats went berserk in our house, and the first words out of her mouth were. Well, Dr. Gallagher, nice to meet you. How did you like those cats? Now, again, I I came to know this woman who was a high priestess, unequivocally possessed. So I certainly don't want to leave the impression that that I haven't dealt with a lot of possessed people. I have. But, you know, these, again, are not not patients. Somebody who then went on to have a series of exorcisms. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's great to know. And, of course, when it comes to... Possession. We, we there's four categories or maybe more, right? We've got temptation, and then there is obsession, oppression, and then full flown, full fledged possession, right? So, you know, you got to discern the different levels of spiritual agitation. No, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that possessions are rare, but they, right. they, you know, in my Somewhat unique position because I'm the long, longest standing member of the American Asso- of, of the International Association of Exorcists. Yep. Uh, you know, I was on its governing board for a while. Trust me, I've heard a lot of cases of possession. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, well, sure. unfortunately. You know, I'm sure. All right. Uh, our number's here. I only have a few minutes. 888-914-9149 if you want to get in. We'd love to talk with you. Uh, let me go to, very quickly, Cynthia in San Marcos, Texas. Cynthia, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I just wanted to draw attention to a couple of different groups of people I work with. 
One is a homeless community where I'm a street missionary in this area and have been doing it for seven years. And I also have started working with adult uh, grown children that live at home still after uh, maybe about 30, 40 years of addiction. And usually it's the mom who is still letting them live there. But I have seen, uh, I'm pretty sure, some possession and certainly some oppression, vexation. And I'm praying for... We need deliverance teams in the street that know the divine mercy message, by the way, Drew. And also, um, there certainly is not near enough mental health workers in the street. So it's like this um, double whammy thing that um, I just ask people to pray, and I'd like to uh, hear your hear your uh, opinion about that. All right. Thank you very much. The doctor, I'll let you respond. Well, again, uh, I like the way you have started off the show and, and later commented, you need a balance there. So you take a person who's addicted, you know, sometimes they need, you know, housing. Sometimes, sometimes they need, uh, you know, medication that right. would help them. And other times it's true, you know, nothing in life is simple. So a lot of good questions have answers that are not so simple. You need to try to help that person in a variety of ways. And sometimes, you know, the spiritual and even a demonic temptation or impulse of sorts, uh, you know, is a relevant factor. Yeah, I want to go back to the phones. Father Joe's in uh, Bayhead, New Jersey. Before I get to him, uh, several emails are coming. They want to know about the tellers. What are the tellers you see to know whether someone is, you know, mentally disturbed or demonically oppressed? Well, I mean, with all due respect, that's why I wrote the book, Demonic Foes. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not a it's not a simple subject, although it's not rocket science either. You have to be able to recognize mental illness, and there are plenty of people who interpret, you know, serious mental illness, personality disorder, sociopathy, uh, suggestible, you know histrionic people, you know, they think they're all demonically attacked. Uh, Those are not people, I would say, are suffering from extraordinary demonic attacks. With with extraordinary demonic attacks, you need Mm -hmm. a pattern of uh, evidence that suggests it. For instance, a a separate personality emerging. You need a certain amount of phenomena that goes beyond, you know, naturalistic like, you know, hidden knowledge, like, you know, extreme strength, stuff like that, speaking in a foreign language. And you usually need a cause. I mean, possession doesn't just drive out, you know, arise out of the blue. Uh, Usually the person has been involved with occultism or even worse, they may be involved with, you know, something truly evil like the Satanist woman I mentioned. Those yeah. are the type of people well, who get possessed. D- Doctor, i got to hold it right there. I'd love to continue this conversation. I'm very grateful for your work and especially for your time today. Thank you for being with us. You're that's Dr. welcome. That's Dr. Richard Gallagher. News and headlines are straight ahead. I'll be right back. <laughs> 